Hello and welcome. We are back again on the island for week number three of Survivor Edge of Extinction Season 38 to talk more game talk. This is the show where we talk about Survivor, talk to Survivors, talk to Survivors about Survivor, including very soon, but stay tuned on that. That was a confusingly grammatically worded sentence, but you understand. We're going to have guests soon, that's what I mean, but today... It's just me and my buddy. I'm Taylor Gaines, and he climbs up Mount Everest just so he can get a little bit of rice. It's Tyler B. Commons. Reem just complained so much in the opening of this, and I was like, seriously, you're complaining about like 30 steps? Like, I get that you haven't eaten a lot the last three days, Also, come on, you're killing me. What else do you have to do? You know? What else are you up to? Is it interrupting from your TV watching time? (laughs) Is it interrupting from like the cheeseburgers that cast is sneaking you? Like, or sorry, crew, not cast. <laughs> Clearly. Like, are you, are you reading a good book? What's going on here? Like, make your daily hike to get your rice and just be happy with it or quit. Exactly. <laughs> that would be interesting to see. Another week of Edge of Extinction. We are now basically like 25% of the way into the season. And I wonder what, how you feel. How, how are you feeling? I feel like this season is there's not like super clear direction with like we get to hear everybody's decision making process, but it, it doesn't there's not like a big overall story that I'm getting other than, well, let's vote out new people. Psych. And like, that's it. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious to ask you because I think just last week you were saying that you had loved the season so far, and I'm just curious whether this third episode influenced you as we saw another player go to the edge, the same tribe lose again, and just a a, a lot of a lot of average things happening. Yeah, it was a fairly average episode. So average. That white guy in jeans had to go to the edge. but it, And we got to learn his season, name this week and everything. I know, we did. This season, I was really high on the first two episodes. And I liked it. And I liked seeing David, you know, form a strong bond. And I liked seeing Kelly get targeted and Joe and Aubrey. Wow, brain fart. I like seeing Joe and Aubrey... <laughs> kind of try to navigate their way but you said this last week that it's hard to create a season when it's kind of just how are the new people going to relate to the people that we know and i think this episode for me at least was the i got the worst sense of that i saw that the most and that kind of made this episode a little lackluster in just figuring out who people are. I'll let you explain that a little more as we go on, but obviously that's a concern that I had. I, I, I do want to start at the beginning because obviously last week, and not a spoiler's coming anyway, but <laughs> we were left with this cliffhanger of Keith sort of being presented as if he was having a hard time deciding whether to go to the edge of extinction or not, as if he was torn between whether to go home or to stay 
and they built up all this dramatic suspense and then episode starts and they just show him on the boat going like <laughs> listen i know that that wasn't a survivor move to do something weird and cliffhangery like that but at least learn mm-hmm. how to do a cliffhanger the way a cliffhanger works <laughs> is you come back and you replay like the last 10 seconds of the cliffhanger so that people feel suspense and then you play it out you like don't really show maybe for a second they cut to it so fast that it lost all of the drama they built up over the last week it was like just on a (laughs) on a storytelling level it was a bummer to me yeah i thought of it after um we finished recording last week did you ever read any of the hunger game novels i read all of them big fan okay a big fan whatever they were they were fine it's a good story um I believe Suzanne Collins was the writer and literally every chapter was like, okay, we're going to close out. But then there's going to be a one sentence paragraph and it's like, and Peter ripped off 12 people's heads. That is like, something well, those shoot, books are good at. Yeah. I guess I have to read another chapter, but those, that's literally every chapter. Those books like, <laughs> were some of the fastest things I ever read. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely one of the, like, that was the feel I got last week. And you're right. This episode came in and it was like, he wasn't even still debating the decision. He was just yeah. on the boat. And then he and Reem are like, oh, my gosh, we do like each other. We're here. Yeah. And apparently she was going to quit. And now she's like, oh, fine, I'll stay. And, mm-hmm. you know, it. I'm torn between two halves of myself, one of which says the longer this island is shrouded in mystery, the better, because we'll still be interested and not annoyed by the fact that. <laughs> Frankly, and we can get into this, but I, I just kind of want to throw it out, is it's not Survivor. Whatever is happening right now in this game, it's not Survivor because they're creating this like tribe of voted out people that are going to have a chance to get back in. And it's interesting, but it's a different show. The other half of it is <laughs> we don't know at all what it is. We're three episodes in and there's just people hanging out there. We don't know what it means, how their game is going to exist, how they could come back. So I'm kind of torn between these two halves of like, you know what, don't tell us, and like, come on, tell us something. And <laughs> I don't know which one's right, but both of them annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if we had a little bit more information. Um, uh, like, we know there's something to do with the merge, and we know there's something with like final tribal, or so, I can't remember. They got two opportunities to come back, but I don't know. I was just racking my brain today, and I was like, well, what if they just become different tribe and then they vote out two people per episode in the entire second half of the season or like three people what if this is just, just a loser's bracket <laughs> like they don't actually get a chance to get back in the game they're just determining who wins like ninth place oh gosh that would be miserable i don't know what it is man i i don't i don't even really want to spend a lot of time talking about it because i'm it i'm not that interested in the theories like like you said, they come back and like it'll screw up the whole game. I I saw, I'll, I'll use this as a way to just kind of jump off into this episode. But our friend Andy Dennert at RealityBlurred.com wrote about some of the things this new theme has cost the show on a just week to week basis, and one of them, one of the one of those things is what I'm alluding to, which is. 
this isn't going to be an unambiguous victory for whoever the winner is. If just because this season is going to be so different. And like I said, just like a different show. Mm. So a lot of people I think are going to have issue if one of these returnees wins because the season feels jiggered almost for them to do something. And the other thing is like, just on a lower level, we don't get to see the cold open where a tribe's coming back from tribal council talking about what happened. Like one person's pissed because we're spending Mm. the beginning of every episode at this extinction Island. The other thing is, and I didn't notice this till Andy pointed it out is we don't get to see the votes at tribal council because they spend time showing the person walking. And then instead of showing the votes on the last minute of the show, they show them like landing on extinction Island or whatever. And, uh, Mm. yeah, I don't know. Do you miss those things? Uh, It's funny. Uh, because now that you mentioned them, I definitely miss seeing the vote breakdown. Because even when uh, I was watching Kelly vote this week and they, you know, clearly show her voting for Chris, I was like, oh, that's good to know. And then, like, I had no idea how anyone else voted. I think in the beginning of this episode, they kind of stated who voted for who, but that's still not, like, as conclusive as seeing them write it down and say their, like, little quip or whatever phrase about like, I hate you. You just got to go. Or I'm really sorry to write your name down, but I'm trying to win a million dollars. You know, like that part of the show, um, is really good. And it's really helpful to actually kind of shore up who falls into which alliance. Um, you know, like with David and Devin's, I'll keep wanting to say Gavin, but Devin's, um, Rick, you know, flip flopping and kind of being the central of this vote. Uh, realistically they could have not been the center and we just think they are like you don't know exactly how everybody voted so it's kind of like I-, I do miss that knowledge of knowing who voted for who and like what is actually going down are we having a voting block season are we having a loyalty season are we having a strong people season or like gang up on the strong people and the weak people you know and it's being well, left in the dark makes it a little difficult to your point from last week you talked about how we've had like the troubling (laughs) vote out the mom vote out the black guy vote out the blue haired girl but they didn't vote out the blue haired girl they voted out the white guy in jeans so (laughs) score one for i don't know not I, i i've said this so many times on the show that like if you're like a buff white guy you can basically just make it to the merge (laughs) and uh it was interesting to see them make this move we can break it down later because it was kind of a complicated weird move but uh i did Mm want to hold you to task by the way you you predicted last week that keith was not going to go to extinction island and i know i fully believed that he was just gonna hang it up but i i was shocked um i mean i guess pleasantly surprised but i don't know what's gonna happen to him so who knows if i'm pleasantly surprised (laughs) i told you that that was stupid at the time and i stand by it so hmm there you go. Wrong again. One other thing that we don't even really get to talk about this episode because it just didn't matter and it's kind of actually strange that they showed it to us. Maybe he's going to fake something with it later, but this week was the last chance for Ron Clark to use that like advantage menu that he got in the premiere. Mm-hmm. And since his tribe never went to tribal council, that never came to fruition. And I, I assume he'll use it to some extent since they showed it, but just interesting. 
I was really like that was actually one thing because we talked about it last week and I was like, no, you got to steal a reward if you guys somehow miraculously lose reward. And here they go. They just lose the reward challenge. And I'm like, Ron, this is your time. Like steal that stuff for your tribe. You're not really in any danger. And all that's going to do is like bolster your position. Please make that move. But he didn't. So now the advantage has just become a Ron Clark souvenir. It's just another part of the Ron Clark story starring Matthew Perry. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the main things, main storylines, main characters in this episode was our friend, Big Wendy. And she had quite a fascinating arc (laughs) within this (laughs) 42 minutes because she started off at the reward challenge, the comfort versus chickens reward, helping Manu win their first challenge of the game, but hurt her ankle, which was very swollen. I assume Mm. she probably, what do you think, just bruised it? Well, I mean, from my expert analysis on ankle injuries, having broken both and torn many ligaments, uh, (laughs) it did actually look like a pretty bad sprain to the, you know, like a stretched tendon or torn ligament or something is because it swelled up and it turned really purple but i don't i mean i don't know because she's out there walking and that's incredible in and of itself yeah so the thing about wendy though (laughs) so here's the thing (laughs) she is not a vegetarian she Mm -mm. likes to eat chicken but in the case of wendy v chicken at the manu (laughs) beach i guess it's more like wendy and chicken v all <laughs> wendy v she tribe found herself defending the lives of these chickens with logic that just didn't really check out for me i i, I don't know if she's delusional being on the island or <laughs> what's happening if if you know what like i will say this if she comes home from survivor becomes a vegetarian stands up for chickens everywhere, then more power to her. This was the beginning of a a special journey. But that doesn't seem like what's going to happen or what maybe happened. So I I just found this very strange. She refused to let them kill the chicken and declared she was now a vegetarian. But (laughs) I mean, at one point she was like, I don't know, man, when I'm at home, like those chickens are already dead. (laughs) Help me, Ty. Uh, so, um, I think classically, I like to make the argument for the illogical, just because um, you're a much more logical person than I. I understand what Wendy was going through <laughs> on like a deep, deep level, because I can eat chicken, I can eat steak, I can eat pork, I can eat all those things. I can't kill a cow or kill a pig, or kill a chicken. I mean, no one was asking like, her to do that. good conscious. But, like, I don't know. I, I think about Ty, like, a few years ago, where he was like, uh, no, we're not killing the chickens. Like, there's no way. And he was, like, petting them, and they were his friend, and he'd go on walks with them. There's something about it. He probably still it those chickens. <laughs> where, <laughs> what if Ty is just hiding in the woods, like, just peeking in on everybody in their tribe? That'd be so funny. 
Oh, shout out to Tai Trang. I understand not wanting to like kill the chickens. I, you couldn't, if I was out there, you couldn't convince me to kill the chicken. Now, would I let someone else kill the chicken and pluck it and cook it? Probably, but I don't know. I'm I'm not a farmer or a like rural person, so I don't feel like I would even be okay really eating the chicken knowing it came from this chicken that was alive like an hour ago. I don't know that like I'm capable of disconnecting from this living creature. I mean, listen, Ty, I had chicken for lunch today, so I, maybe I'm not in the best position to comment on this, but (laughs) the way I think of it is like, there's a food chain in this world Mm -hmm. and we happen to be in a pretty good slot on the food chain generally speaking (laughs) i just feel like as long as we're not threatening the existence of a species like anything's pretty much fair game right i mean and and the humane treatment of animals (laughs) is a different conversation because i i don't know how to deal with that as a as a human person but Ty, I just like eating chicken, and <laughs> I feel like it's going to be made anyway. Whether I go to Chick-fil-A tomorrow or I don't, they're going to sell millions of Chick-fil-A sandwiches. So, I don't <laughs> Maybe I'm talking myself into a corner. I don't know what's happening right now. No, it's, I mean, uh, I wasn't going to touch the part of your comments about, you know, kill them as long as you're not putting them extinct. <laughs> like, that's fine. Um <laughs> But, I mean, be nice. I mean, have you ever have you ever <laughs> held have you ever held a chicken, Taylor? Like, do you remember when you were a little kid in like first grade and you had the eggs in the incubator and you watched them <laughs> for like a month, and then the baby chickens hatch and you're like, where did they go? And it's like, oh, they went to blah 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 chicken farmer. Okay, that's so happy. Like, chickens are nice creatures. You know what I'm saying? As long as I don't have to watch them get murdered, I will go order a Chick-fil-A sandwich all day. But if I like have a relationship with the chicken, like I'm not going to go eat my dog. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go eat my cat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But those are animals that we eat. I'm going to eat dog. If someone serves me cat, I'm going to eat. I'm just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I was taking it to the extreme. Point being, Wendy stuck to her guns, tried to get Devin's to help her out. Didn't work. I don't even mm. know if they ended up killing the chicken. I, I didn't. Did they? I So this is, we always talk about um, how brilliant they've been with the editing. And we don't know for a fact whether or not they killed the chicken. But someone picked up the chicken by the neck. And then the next scene was like a shark tearing through the water. And I, I, I took that to mean they killed and ate the chicken. Probably. It's weird that they wouldn't show them eating after all that buildup. But. We're led to believe in the scenes from the next episode that Wendy ain't backing down. Nope. More on that later. But she obviously avoided putting a target on herself because no one knew that she was the one who stole the flint so that they couldn't make fire so that they couldn't (laughs) cook chicken. I think we've talked enough about this, but what did you just make of her basically putting her entire game at risk to do this? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure she was screwed anyways. Like like they said, she is extremely loyal. So if someone goes to her, I'm going to say next week, but literally, you know, 10 minutes after the episode ended and they're walking out and says, "Look, I kept you alive. Come over to my alliance." Then this she is her talking herself to the chickens. And, 
<laughs> yeah, basically. No, this is like, I don't know, War Dog or Devon or whatever. Just talking, saying, look, we kept you around. Vote with us. And they're going to keep her like as long as they can. They're going to keep her to the merge. They're going to keep her for a few votes after that. They're just going to like, she, I, sad to say, I don't think she's a threat for winning. And I think people know that. So they're just going to try and keep her vote for as long as they can. I want to say one more thing about Wendy, which is another thing our friend Annie Dennert wrote. Uh, She said, the players signed up for this game, not the chickens. So why should they be penalized? And he wrote, (laughs) he wrote, that would be a good question if the tribe was considering chopping a player's head off and using it for food. (laughs) But I didn't understand the comparison. (laughs) And I know we're spending a lot of time talking about Wendy, but like, this is something else we need to talk about, which is, I fear we're talking a lot about Wendy because I am very uninterested in a lot of people on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It's the new cast has not um, impressed me a whole lot as of yet. Well, I mean, I think and potentially David is this doing goes back great. to what you were saying before about them just being put up against the returnees and they don't have a chance to like do anything unless they're doing something insane like wendy mm, yeah it's it's tough to start a whole new narrative when you have narratives that you want to continue like speaking of narratives you want to continue we got two clips of aubrey looking for idols in so, past seasons exactly so it's like hey do you guys remember this girl that you love that like is back and oh she looked for idols then too but never found them and now she has this bucket list and like let's spend four to five minutes of our 40, 10% of the episode talking about, oh, she found an idol. She did, which is, I guess, important because the returnees are allegedly huge targets. But uh, to say that the returnees are huge targets and have three straight votes of the same exact tribe go to just new players, maybe they're not as much targets as we're being led to believe. Mm. That being said, good for her. Good for her and Lauren having these two hidden immunity idols. I don't know, Ty. Like, I'm I'm basically at a loss for words at like assessing these tribe dynamics because everyone is so bland. It's tough to get strategy on Kama because they keep winning, and like the the funniest strategic thing we saw this week was like Joe just being there when victoria had no clue oh my god that was like that was that hilarious that was like so terrible <laughs> like how does he how does she not know that he's standing three feet behind him or behind her golly pronouns and gender not going well for me right now <laughs> how about the work of the cameraman like or woman knowing <laughs> that joe was there and panning at the perfect time to get that shot like just beautiful yeah but we're not seeing a lot of strategy from kama because we don't have to and that's what aubrey yeah. was upset about last Lines week and this week she's like well maybe maybe they are drawn you know and then people started to go in panic mode after the reward challenge that they inexplicably 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 lost (laughs) sorry i drove in the car for nine and a half hours today just give me a break (laughs) speaking of like lines in the sand though the name of this episode for the second week in a row was meaningless because last week it was something about someone's gonna win this war and then there was no war 
And then <laughs> this week it was betrayals are going to get exposed. And if there was a betrayal that got exposed, I missed it. No, there was. It was um, Chris talking to Wardog. Who was he betraying in that scenario? They told him not they, to talk to the war dog, but I think yeah, that was he was not... betraying David and um, yeah, but he got voted Devins. out. <laughs> it was... Okay, it backfired, but I'm just trying to okay, argue that the title that. did make sense. <laughs> I, I disagree, but let's talk about that because <laughs> that was the I guess interesting strategic thing that happened in this episode, which was David and Devin said, "Don't tell the war dog." that we're going to vote out Wentworth. <laughs> and Chris, not Eric, went and told the war dog, hey, I think it should be Wentworth or Wendy. And then as David and Devins predicted, the war dog went to everyone and blew up Chris's game <laughs> and saw him get voted out by a margin of five to two. And I'm curious about this because... My gut reaction was, why did he go tell him, like, they told him not to and he did. But the flip side is, he thought the war dog was his alliance. (laughs) And he didn't go up and say, hey, I think we should do this. He approached it fairly moderately, just kind of suggesting it. But it still backfired. And I wonder whether you think he should have done something different strategically or whether the war dog is just kind of off the chain a little bit or... You know, if he shouldn't have said anything at all. What was your take on that situation? I thought Chris should have kept his mouth shut because we're still early enough in the game. It's been nine nine days, something like that. I realize you have alliances and you have friends, but at this point, you don't need to go down with the ship. And I think that's the choice that he made instead of saying, well, I can just jump over here and make this vote happen. But he was like, you know, I'm, I'm friends with war dog and I, I want love that we have to keep with saying me. that as a, like to a person. <laughs> I'm friends with the war dog and it, it came back to bite him in the butt. And I think that's the, the fine line of survivor is it's social and it's strategy. And when does strategy get blurred by friendships and connections you've made. And I think that's what makes it, um, to quote Jeff Probst, the greatest social experiment on the planet. I'm so, I'm so bored by him. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, we're not getting player interviews anymore, so I'm trying to read these Jeff Probst interviews, and he never says anything. It's just, <laughs> it's just so That's what he's paid to do. He's paid to not give anything away. Ugh, whatever. He did say, when it's all said and done, people may end up looking fondly upon Extinction Island. I, <laughs> I don't understand, though, like, the war dog, this is the second time in three weeks that he's had a choice between a person who will definitely be really loyal or just, like, a move. And he's just made a move both times. The first time being... With Wendy basically saying, hey, I'm with you, whatever. And he was like, "Eh, you know what? What if we voted out Wendy? Although that obviously didn't happen. And then this time, taking a strong, loyal guy on a tribe that's falling apart and a tribe that voted out Keith last week using the justification 
that he was not strong enough. And now they <laughs> lost another challenge and voted out their strongest person just because the war dog was like, yeah, let's vote him out over Wendy, who has a bum <laughs> ankle, who did pretty well in the immunity challenge with that bum ankle, by the way. She did, yeah. But, like, is clearly going to be a liability if she's going to behave the way she does at camp. And it just was a strange decision. It felt like they had an easy decision and they were like, what if we made this hard? <laughs> what if we made this impossible? I think that War Dog is giving up loyal people left and right, but he's not doing it in a way that's putting him in a, a bad position. It's almost like he has this alliance that he's not pleased with. So he's trying to get in with, you know, the power players. And I think if he keeps doing that, the opportunity to create his own power alliance is just slowly dwindling away. Like, uh, David and Devins and Chris and war dog. Like, I don't know why those four didn't band together. It, it literally doesn't make any sense, but it, it's, like he has an offer to go with that group, but he just thinks, you know, there's greener pastures over here with Wentworth, who's, you know, dominated the game and played really well in this um, athletic girl who Taylor thinks is going to win. And um, I don't, I don't know. It's not, he's not put himself in a bad position because by jumping over there, he still is above Big Wendy. He's still above David. He's still above Devins. So it's like not a bad call, but it's not positioning himself at the top of an alliance. It's weird too to me that, and by the way, we're talking about the war dog and somehow I feel like that's all he really wants. <laughs> so it's probably okay. I I still am a little surprised like David, Devins, Wendy and Chris still had the numbers to do what they wanted to do, but I guess it was just too complicated for David because he was crossing too many different alliance lines to make that happen. I, I, don't, I didn't totally follow that logic, but obviously, you know, and this applies to all of it, we don't get to see everything. So I don't know what mitigating factors there were to this vote. We don't even get to see the votes. It, obviously, we can figure it out that Chris and Wendy were probably the two outliers although weren't the other two votes for oh no they were for Wentworth not Wendy okay yeah so I don't know it it's it's tough because like I said this tribe also isn't that interesting even though we've seen them for a lot of time in this three episodes Devins is like kind of interesting at times Wendy is definitely the most interesting from a story perspective I don't think she's like complicated and then War Dog is kind of hard to read. We like David, obviously. Lauren and Wentworth are kind of, I guess, a pair. By the way, I, it was clarified this week that since Lauren reburied her idol, if someone else finds it, it is still hers. Um, just a note. Okay. But, yeah, it's tough because I want to talk about the other tribe, but we talked about Aubrey and Joe a little bit and Victoria Bamande, but... <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, we talked about Ron Clark briefly. We just have so little information about that other tribe that I I, I don't know what to tell you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I still have no understanding. Now that I know the difference between Chris and Eric, I have no idea who Eric is, 
what he does. I couldn't even tell you his profession. Like, I'm gonna. I, guess I don't know a thing about firefighter. him. Firefighter. Was he the firefighter? It wasn't. Chris? One of them was a firefighter for sure. I'm not gonna miss <laughs> Chris. I'll say that. And I, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Although, who knows if I would be this person too. To see him walk down the path after getting voted out and say nothing. Like, the <laughs> other two people were, like, ranting and raving, and he was just like, hmm? Yeah. And then he did get to the end and say, oh, screw those guys. I'm getting, I'm getting back in the boat or whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, God, this this season just feels messy. It, it The twist is a little bit scary and it's it's like i said with the whole aubrey searching for an idol thing they probably spent 10 to 15 percent of the episode on well what's happening with patrick and reem and then what's happening now that chris is going to join them and it's like they have to spend time and not tell us anything which i think is well, so this is the question not like, good right now do you think the cast is bad or the theme is bad or like it's a combination of both. What do you think is going on right now? I think that the um I think the cast like we said is kind of boxed into this bad place because if they didn't have four returners and we got to know other people and they slid other you know bigger characters, you think about that. They're taking away four spots for us to meet new people. And those could potentially be exciting people. Like, think about Pat, who went home at the very first episode last season. And they literally came up with the season theme due to him. Now, I'm not saying he would work well on this season, but I'm saying if you get someone who's loud and boisterous and whatever, like, that is your early game content, is you get really great players. And I think that this cast has potential to be good you know like how would Devin's interact if you know david wasn't there if it was another person to slide into that group or would we get to see a lot more of gavin who you know solves puzzles and does that kind of stuff like what are we not learning would we learn more about maybe victoria being (laughs) oblivious to someone standing two feet away from her in like an entertaining way i think that's more the problem i don't think the theme is really a, a problem but it's it's getting to the point where we need to know they need to give us more of what those people do and they need to give us a clear picture of when they get the opportunity to come back what that's going to look like they need to develop more time to that or they either need to do less time or give us a lot more information in the time that they're using and i think it just right now that just kind of feels stale and dull and ghost island-esque They've just like intentionally given themselves two Achilles heels and I'm worried about it. I'm starting to hear rumblings that this was like a bad season. Obviously it was filmed before last season and it's being aired after, which is Mm -hmm. an interesting decision. I mean, I guess all we can hope for at this point is that Wendy wins a food reward and we have to watch her be a hypocrite and eat meat. eat meat lovers pizza or something like that (laughs) or the biggest (laughs) bowl of nachos you've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) survivor nachos anyway that's pretty much all i have to say about this week's episode we have one more feature on our show that we like to do if you're ready for it you know i think i think 
therefore you are. Yeah, I think therefore I am. I'm going to say this right now. We've talked about how little I know or understand the cast. So if I ask you for someone's name when I describe them, (laughs) no, I'm away from my computers. I'm away from notes. I'm away from everything. This entire um, episode for me has just been something I watched uh, 30 minutes ago and then (laughs) recorded a podcast. So if I can't remember somebody's name, help me out. Ty is losing his mind, if you can't tell. It's true. Ty, who is your number three player for the week? Number three. Gotta give it to the war dog. Because he made a move we don't understand. But like I said, he made a move to get in an alliance that he wants to be in. And he helped kind of orchestrate a vote out of somebody he didn't want to be tied to. So he made moves and he clearly has at least a little bit of power and a little bit of say on that tribe. Now the tribe's changing next week. So I don't know, but this week I'm going to give war dog number three. I'm like at a loss. I, 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 I've never had as hard of a time trying to figure out who the three best people are. (laughs) I, I truly like, don't know where to even start so i guess i'm gonna take it kind of easily and just try to figure it out god i this is tough okay i'm gonna say number three is david why because they've shown a lot of david and he feels like he's more integrated into his tribe than any of the other three returnees Mm mm-hmm I do feel like he blew a chance to make a big move this week, but he's got a strong duo with Devins. He's obviously good at this game. We've seen it before. So I'm just kind of going off past history, and I'm going to say David's number three. That's a solid pick. I think he's right there in the running, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's it's like you're saying. It's very tough. Um, so for number two, I'm going to have to say um, Lauren because she still has that idol in her back pocket or, you know, buried in the sand somewhere. And uh, she survived this week. I don't even think her name came up. Um, And having an idol going into a weird tribal split is going to be huge, I think, especially when you're on the, you know, back-to-back losing tribe. You're going to be on a minority tribe, most likely. So I think she has the potential to grow her alliances, and she's got an idol in her back pocket. So for that, number two, going to Lauren. My number two is Aubrey, because she has an idol. Mm -hmm. And like I said, this is just a real challenge. I feel like she's been shown to be struggling a little bit strategically, but this is a big week for her, and she's going to get a swap, and she's done this twice before. So again, I'm kind of weighing past history, but number two for Aubrey. And let's see. Number one. (laughs) I'm tempted to just do like a throwaway and say like Victoria, because we got to see her (laughs) totally blow it. That's the thing, Ty. I feel like you should have decided (laughs) your number one first. No, I know. Um, Number one, and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it's Joe because the the switch up is coming. And I think that's really good for him because he's now going to carry a new group of people to victory at every challenge from here on out. And I think that's going to be good for him. And I I really think it's going to secure him a position 
long term until he gets to the situation like Mike had to have a few seasons ago where he has to win every individual immunity or he goes home. I think I think this week with us knowing the merge came, Joe is in a much safer spot. What if they had the situation and the war dog both on the same show? <laughs> I don't I mean I don't hate that. He's another returner who's probably gonna make it to the end just because of the theme. So Mm-hmm. good for him my number one is lauren this week she's been on the right side of every vote and we've seen three votes and she has an idol and she is allied allied with wentworth i think she's gonna do well wherever she lands and uh i guess i hope they let her dig up her idol before the tribe swap happens i don't know what happens in that situation mm. but uh yeah, I like her a lot. She's my number one. She was obviously my winner pick, so I'm a little biased. But there you go. Week three, number one. Number one. I'm a little sad about my winner pick. I mean, we got to see her a little bit, but I don't think she really even had a speaking line in this. She's just very prominent in the challenges in Julia. But, you know, there's still Julie. A 75 per- Julie. Julie. Yeah, not Julia. There's still <laughs> 75% of the season left for her to shine and for my brilliance to come back. So... We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, before this week, our power rankings stood at Ron, the leader, with eight points, two first place <laughs> votes, Lauren with six, Joe with four, David with three, Kelly with three. So I imagine Lauren and Joe will continue to climb. I will update you on that on Twitter over the course of the week and next week on the podcast. But for now, that's all we got for episode three. Obviously, I feel like I was very negative, and I think with good reason, but yeah, I don't know. I I, want to come back, have a little more fun next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think next week um, is going to be a blast, like we alluded to. All things go well. Uh, It should be a fun episode, and we should have a fun guest, so I'm excited for next week. Yeah, we should have a guest next week, barring any complications, so stay tuned for that. It will be a former survivor, I can promise you that. In the meantime, go write us a rating and review on iTunes. Tell us that we're geniuses, because we are. And (laughs) then, uh, yeah, then it'll make us happy. We'll get even more guests. So I tell you what, if someone writes a good enough review in this upcoming week, next week's guest might just be the person you want it to be. How about that? Yeah, something like that. Um, Also, if you want to write a review and say, Ty should never drive nine and a half hours and then record a Survivor podcast, that's okay. I think you only okay trailed off and fell asleep like three times. So I, I feel pretty darn close to it right now. But I will tell I'll tell the people. I'll tell them why I drove here. My brother's getting married in two days. So I'm excited. Be excited for me. You can even say congratulations, Chris, not the one that got voted off, but the one who's getting married. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he doesn't get voted off. That would suck. <laughs> there you go. He's at Tyler B. Commons. I'm at Gaines Taylor on the things. Mostly Twitter, I guess, in that scenario. But probably (laughs) Instagram or something. I don't know. How private are we? You can find out. Look it up. For now, our betrayals have been exposed. Ty betrayed Alabama this week to go to a wedding. And I betrayed sleep so that we can do this (laughs) and make it work. But... That has been On the Island for the week. We'll be back next week with a really awesome guest. And it'll be, just by nature of that, it'll be a much more 
positive episode. We're going to both lie about all of our opinions just to impress our new friend. So uh, (laughs) come back for that. And in the meantime, remember, puzzles are hard. I have no follow-up. Just end it. Cut. Cut. Bye. (laughs) On the island. On the island. island, island, island. You want to be a survivor if you want to live here on the island. You got to talk about the show if you want to live here on the island. Are you going to survive when you're going to be living a life on the island? And you're living a survivor on the island. I'm not good at making these things up. That is right. Mic check. Test, test. One, two. One, two. One, two. One, two. One, two. One, two. Three, four. One, two. Three, four. No more. No more. It's time to put your foot on the floor. It's time to dance in your pants. We're gonna put Joe Flance in your ants. Uh, uh, mm. I've never felt so discomfortable in my life. That wasn't was that wasn't as good as last week. I had a good one last week. It ended with a poop poop joke, so I don't think you could get any better. Hmm. Where should we start? <laughs>